following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on now. Hey, it's Memorial Day and you're in church. Come on, clap for yourself. That's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, we have a little smoke in this church. You know that. We're not smokers, but we have a little smoke in the church. And today, the first service said, Pastor, there's a cloud coming out of the sanctuary today. I said, yeah, it's clear to partly cloudy today at COC. Uh, I think it's supposed to make the, the TV stuff better. I don't know. You know, there's some things I don't know, and I just stay out of that field. I leave it to the folks that know, and I hope that they know that we, that we need this smoke. What a joy to see all of you today. I can see some of you. Some of you are hidden in the smoke, but I can see most of you. What a joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look better than I do, and don't lie. Don't lie. Now, before I, before I, start, before I start ministering today, we welcome all of our people joining online and watching via Internet. We, we welcome you, all of our listening audience out there. And there's a lot of people out of town this weekend because they took Memorial Day to fly away. And it's all right. It's the beginning of summer. Next Sunday when we come back, we're going to be in June. Can you believe that we're already looking into June? Can you believe that? Somebody help me. I can't believe that. I'm still writing 18 on my check some, 2018. No, I'm not. I don't write checks. My wife writes them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So much for that. But what a joy to see. And I... I, I, I we had something happen. You know, I preached a sermon years ago called God Does Tuesdays, and He Loves Tuesdays. God Does Tuesdays. And Tuesday's the most irrelevant day of the whole week. It's the third day. But on the third day, the Lord planted herb-bearing seed. God created herb-bearing seed. He, he created the perennials. You go out, see the forest of Yosemite, and you see all the beautiful pine, and all the beautiful pines in East Texas, and all the things that God's there. That wasn't man planted. That was God planted. And God planted those on the third day. And then they sprung up and they are beautiful, majestic things. And he did that on a Tuesday. Then when Jesus walked on this earth, he was invited to a wedding in John chapter 2 on the third day, which was Tuesday. So Jesus does Tuesdays. God does Tuesdays. It's an awesome thing. So Tuesday, this showed up at, with, at our place. This showed up. All right. All right. Now. This is not... Lennon reborn. This is a different daughter. This is Jennings. So now, now, Jaron and Kate have Finn, Lynn, Jen. <laughs> Not Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But now we have four grandsons and four granddaughters. God's even the score. Isn't that neat? I love you, baby. I'll go see her as soon as church is over in the third service. Would you stand to your feet? You're awesome people. And I have you stand just in honor of the fact that we're going to preach the word and we're going to bless the word today. Everybody say, Lord, Lord. let me receive the word today. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. And while you're standing, I want to I wanna give Andy Smith a shout out. I married him and his sweet wife, and he turned 40 today. And 
What a great year. 40 is the new 20. Andy, we celebrate you today. Let's, let's clap for Andy. They wanted me to. His family's here from Oklahoma. That's sweet. And while you're still standing, Timothy, raise your hand, Timothy. And sweet Kara, raise your hand there, hon. I married these young'uns last night. I married them. They are precious. Oh, that's just so sweet. Young love is so sweet. It's so precious. All right, you may be seated. God bless. We're doing a series called Sand and Stars. Brad opened it last week, did very well. And uh, he thought he did so well, he just flew off to Africa today for another seven days, he and Brandon. And so he said, Dad, just go ahead and try to, try to keep it together while we're gone or something like that. But they're down there in Rwanda. We're with Africa New Life, and I'm so excited. They're getting to go. We're taking a great big group in, I think, September, October sometime, going over there and going to do some work and do some missionary work. And that's your church. That's your church. What a joy. But today I'm not preaching a sequel to Sand and Stars. I'm preaching a prequel. I'm going back to the beginning of the story and what caused Sand and Stars to even happen. God gave Abram a God-inspired dream in his heart. And God promised him in Genesis chapter 17 that he would become the father of many nations. In fact, that's where he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, the father of many nations. And he said it's going to be so numerous. It's going to be like the sand of the sea. It's going to be like the stars in the sky. And throughout his life, it seemed impossible it would happen because, you see, his wife Sarai was barren. A lot of realistic neg- negativity held him back. It really did. He was older when he started down this pathway of dreaming, and, but he kept hope alive. And in one place in the Bible said he had hope against all hope. I love that. Meaning he had hope when he didn't have reason to have hope. He still had hope. He's the model of a man who held a vision, a dream in his heart. But you know, each of us are created to see things that we don't see, to imagine things that don't yet exist and partner with God in the creative process until those dreams become a reality. But folks, it's easy, you hear me, to get sidetracked, to get distracted, or to get stuck and miss on the future that God has for you. He has a pre- Here is the prequel of last week's message. Genesis chapter 11 is where Abram is introduced. Genesis 11, this is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram. Now Abram had two brothers, Nahor and Haran. Verse 28, and while his father, Terah, was still alive, Haran died. Say, Haran died. Haran died. You got to get this today. Haran, the brother of Abram, died in the Ur of the Chaldees. In the land of his birth, he died. I want to declare that sons are not supposed to die before fathers. It's not supposed to happen. And I can understand that. I went through a horrific experience myself. It's not the way we expect life to go. Sons bury fathers not fathers burying sons. But Haran died right there in the place that he was born. Verse 31 says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. Notice, notice a name that's not there. Nahor is not mentioned there. We'll talk about him later. And he takes his family and a small group of them, and together they set out from the earth of the Chaldees to go to Canaan. Everybody say Canaan. Canaan. They're headed for Canaan. Canaan in the Bible was the land of promise. But in 11, 31, and 32, when they came to Haran, they settled there, and Terah lived 205 years. Wow, that's a lot of bluebell, and he died. <laughs> he, simply, he simply died where he settled. 
He died where he settled. He died in Haran. Now backtrack with me. When Terah left Ur, he was headed to Canaan to the land of promise. Promise. But he settled in Haran. Now, we don't know why Terah settled in Haran other than the fact, and most Bible scholars agree on this, that Haran was the name of his son that had died in Ur. And perhaps he settled in Haran thinking, wow, there's a whole city named for my son. And he just lingered there thinking, I'll just stay here just a little while and I'll just tarry before we go on to Canaan. Maybe it was just like saying, I'll just stay a few days. But remembering his son, a memorial for his son, a few days became a few months. And a few months became a few years. And a decision that seemed literally and really harmless ends up holding Terah in a place that he was not meant to be. I want, to, I want to speak on four points today. Three of, them, three of them are going to be strong in my spirit. And the last is just going to be a closing point. But I want, to, I want you to take notes. If you're writing notes, if you take pictures, go ahead and take pictures of the screen when I flash it up. But memories have to be managed. Say it with me. Memories have to be managed. I want to say something. You are the landlord of this mind. You can tell whatever doesn't pay rent, get out. You can tell whatever's not supposed to be there, get out. You're messing up my life, get out. I'm preaching to you right now. You the landlord. And when, when you're going to sand and stars, when you're going after dreams, your visions, your hopes, remember this, memories have to be managed. Sand and stars always follow behind managed memories. We all have painful memories, you know that, especially since Facebook and Instagram have come on the scene and you, you go looking back to your high school days and say, wow, wow, is that the girl I passed up on? Now, I don't do Facebook and Instagram, so I'm innocent of the charges. But is that the girl? Wow, man, age hadn't bothered her. I went to my 50th anniversary last year in Leveland, and uh, there was nothing there that I longed for after seeing them <laughs> 50 years later. In fact, I told him when I was speaking to him, I said, I said, I must have graduated when I was eight, and y'all were all 18, because I'm still young, and I'm looking at old out here, and they threw, they threw stuff at me that day. But you know, memories of things in the past can trigger emotions in your life, and it can make you angry. And you think about that experience of the past. It can cause you to be angry with yourself or be angry with someone else. It will cause you to just feel bad about something and to regret something that you cannot change. You cannot change the past. You can feel bitterness and pain from your loss of people and opportunities in your past. And for many, for many, it's a bad relationship experience that now is a barrier to you because now you're sitting in a beautiful church today on this Sunday morning, Memorial Day. And you're here and there's a lot of good relationships you can make in the church. But because of one that messed up a long time ago and you cannot get over that, you allow nobody here to get close to you. You won't let a pastor preach to your heart. You won't let anybody come into your spirit and into your world. And I'm here to declare there's some good people sitting around you. Nobody's going to hold a gun on you and say, give me what you got. But everybody's going to be raising hands to the Lord and say, we thank you for what you've given us. Amen. See, getting close to someone and trusting someone triggers an emotion of fear. And sometimes you pull back. I'm talking about sand and stars, people. I'm talking about what you're praying for in your life, what you're hoping for. You have to learn to manage your memories. This is powerful stuff. 
You'll not get where God wants you to go if you don't manage your memories. You know, some people, because of this dynamic, medicate. Now, let me talk just a moment. I'll get off of this. I won't stay on it long. But memories create emotions. And so we medicate. We take alcohol. We rely on drugs, both prescriptive and street drugs, to get away from emotional dynamic of memories. So it's mistakes and sorrow and breakups and mess up and goof ups. And then by medicating with drug abuse or alcohol, people end up creating a whole new cycle of things that sabotage their sand and stars. The Apostle Paul urged us to move our lives forward. He said it like this pretty clear. He said, hold your finger up like this. He said, one thing I do. Come on, one thing I do. One thing I do. You know what he said? Forgetting what is behind. Everybody say one thing. You got to forget. Remember, you're the landlord. You're the landlord. Manage your memory. It's difficult to take a walk down memory lane and still get to sand and stars. Some things we need to remember, some things we need to forget. Paul said it this way, I'm straining toward what is ahead. I love that. That's powerful verbiage to me. That's powerful word picture. He said, I press and press onto the goal to win the prize for which God's called me heavenward. He said, I'm not there yet. I haven't attained everything, but I strain and I press and I forget. Why such emphasis, Pastor? It's important. You need to hear me today. Some continue to curse their memories. They nurse their memories. They rehearse their memories. They hash over their memories. But they can't get over their memories. Perhaps you were born into a situation. A lot of people are in that state today. And they want to go back and change history. But you can't change the past. There's no Doc Emmett Brown, Marty McFly. <laughs> That's going to drive up there in a, in a DeLorean and say, let's go and take you back in the future. Take you back and change the past so your future will be changed. But I tell you who will show up in your world today. He's a lot better than Emmett Brown. He's a lot better than Doc Brown. He'll show up with his nail-scarred hands and said, I can release that past. I can take it away from you. I can move you to a new level of living. I can take your yesterday and make it a beautiful today and tomorrow. Clap your hands and rejoice over that because God's good. You've got to manage your memories. The second thing I want you to write down, you never settle. Sand and star people never settle. Everybody say never settle. See, dreamers don't settle. Can you say that with me? Dreamers don't settle. I sound like a teacher, don't I? Say it with me. Say it with me. You need to say it. Dreamers pioneer. Dreamers are not intimidated by going where they haven't gone before. They pioneer. Yeah, they can feel the fear. Yes. Dreamers do it anyway. You might get scared, but dreamers say, hey, let's go. Let's go. Dreamers don't mind breaking the sound barrier when the plane feels like it's going to break apart as you, as you break the sound barrier. Dreamers don't mind walking off the map. Dreamers don't mind going to another level and walking and sailing around the cape that says uh, plus uh, Neo Ultra, no more beyond. And they say Neo plus Ultra, there is more beyond. Dreamers are the kind of people that just keep walking in it. You can only do something about your future. You cannot dwell in the past. You've got to be a dreamer. Dreamers don't settle. Dreamers don't settle. Tara settled in Haran, in Haran. He, he, here's where we introduce the star of our story. Now, now here's what I want you to understand. Terah was called out of Ur, but Abram was called out of Haran. 
And Haran, Terah's son, Abram, settled with his father. So we're asking, so where's Abram in this? It's like, where's Waldo? He's in Haran. Where is Abram supposed to go? He's supposed to go to Canaan. Hear me. This is important. If you hang out with settlers, you're going to settle. No, pastor, I do my own thing. No, they can affect you. You adapt to the conditions of settlers. You take the mindset of a settler. Wow, that's a smart guy. Man, I need to listen to him. If he's a settler, run. You need to run with dreamers. You need to run with people that are still believing that God can do things. God can do things. You adopt the reason of a settler, the conversation of a settler. And sand and star people are not settlers. We are dreamers. We're not going to settle. We don't think like settlers. We don't talk like settlers. Several months ago, I can't remember exactly when it was, and I don't really know the person. I think I know the person, but somebody came up and said, Pastor, is, when's the church going to be big enough for you? <laughs> and it kind of caught me off guard, and I said, well, I guess when everyone in the city is saved and in the church somewhere pretty good answer as long as there's people in this city that don't know Jesus Christ the church is not big enough come on somebody help me preach right now help me preach right now and I made a note to myself we're not building that foyer next door and enlarging this church to more than double its size because we just want to we're doing it because we need more souls to find Jesus Christ we need more space for the grace and the glory of God Whether you know it or not, the tabernacle in the wilderness was more than doubled or four times larger in Solomon's temple. In other words, Solomon's temple was four times larger. And Zerubbabel's temple, the rebuilt one, was more than twice the size of Solomon's. Because every time God built a house, he wanted a house to be greater and the mercy room to be greater and the holy of holies to be greater. And God wants this church to keep dreaming and go further and build like we've never built in our life. Come on, somebody. We're dreamers in this world, not settlers. We're dreamers. We're dreamers. Bigger space. I told the Lord the other day, God, send me help. We'll have as many services as possible to hold the who and the what is coming. Dreamers don't settle. See, dreamers and settlers just don't, they just think differently. I knew what that person was thinking when they asked me that question. They didn't know what I was thinking, which why that, this is why they asked the question. But when they asked me, I knew how the settler thinks. The settler thinks, hey, pastor, this church is bigger and larger than many churches in Austin. The settler said, you know, we've added services and the parking lots can get really busy and there's more people than we can actually get to know here, pastor. And then they really threw it at me and said, pastor, there's more people that you need to get to know. You don't know them. By the way, the other day I thought it was so cool. You know, when, when, when Caitlin had the baby. Oh, is that her name? I got so many grandkids now, I can't think of my own kid's name. <laughs> I became the food taxi. You're looking at the food taxi. Did I get them bluebell? No. I saved that for myself. But I, <laughs> but I, went, I went to Lupe Tortillas up there, headed to the hospital, St. David's North. And I walked in and I saw these two ladies sitting, younger women. I saw them sitting at a table and they just smiled real big and waved at me. And I said, do y'all know me? They said, yeah, you don't know us. I said, no. One of them said, I used to work at Wells Fargo South right here and used to come in and talk to everybody. Said, we loved you. Said, we thought you was cool. You was bald-headed and cool. (laughs) And I said, well, the first part's right. I don't know about that. They said, and pastor, she said, I transferred to a North store. And she said, we were looking for a place. My friend and I were looking for a place to come on Easter Sunday. 
and said, we asked somebody up north, where's a good place to go to church on Easter Sunday? And they said, go to CLC on the south side. Hey, I'm not ready to settle, huh? Come on. I'm not ready to settle. Let's have church. Let's keep dreaming. God still got people. God still got a dream for us. Let's go forward. We're sand and star people here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so God tells Abram, he says, Genesis 12, go from your country. Go from your country. God says to Abram, hey, you, the one that's been stuck here in Haran, the sand and star guys, remember? We're going somewhere, right? I want to talk to you about some things, but I need you to leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. And God knew that Abram needed to leave some people and some relationships and some mindsets to get in position to experience sand and stars in his life. I'll do the same for every person here. I put this on the screen. I could have just said it, but I want you to read it. Hey, you can't keep doing what you're doing, saying what you're saying, thinking what you're thinking, and expect to experience the promises you have for your future. You just can't do it. You won't get there like that. The same attitude you've always had. It's time to leave the old mindset. I know, I know. You grew up in the family, and you said it for years. You know, pastor, it's just a genealogy thing, you know. It's my dad. It's my mom. We're German, you know. We're German. We're Irish. You know, Irish have a temper. We're Italian. Pastor, we have some Indian in us. Yeah, I know, I know. But it doesn't have to be the fighting kind. I'm an Indian too, all right? I got Indian in me. That's why I can't grow a beard, and I'm jealous of every man that grows a beard in this house. God is saying it's time for you to leave excuses. It's time for you to walk away from it. Time to get rid of all the negativity. You grew up in a house of complainers. Now, you don't even realize it, but I'm showing you, God's saying you're a complainer. God needs you to quit complaining and start complimenting what God's doing in this earth. I want to tell you something. In spite of what the news says, in spite of what Hollywood says, the church is still the greatest bargain in all the world. And there's not a place in all the world I'd rather be today than in the house of God. Come on, clap your hands real big and say, I amen that, Pastor. I amen that. I want to say this. I, I, I've had, you know, they're just, they're just sometimes you got to learn new language. You got to learn new language. You got to learn new language. Well, Pastor, you know, I speak seven languages. Yeah, but do they all come out negative? I'm not, I'm not talking about learning Spanish or Swahili or Portuguese. No. Do they come out negative? You need to learn a new language. Everybody needs to quit complaining and start complimenting. Because if we started complimenting what God's doing around here, instead of complaining what God's not doing in your family, watch God do things in your family. Come on, start bragging on God. He's a big God. Start bragging on what he can do. I'm talking to you right now. I'm preaching to you right now. God comes and says, I want the best for your life. I want your kids to be saved. I want everything going right in your life. You don't need to walk around complaining about that God. God's laying on you. I want you to go to sand and stars. I want you to make and be a great nation in this world. I want you to have great children that you raise in the kingdom of God. And let me, let me talk to the young adults right now and a little bit to the high schoolers. Let me, let me say something here. Some of the friends, perhaps, that you're running with... Uh, don't have the same values that you have. You know, you know, I told you I was going to bring that Nahor name up. You know, Nahor. You know, you, know, you know what Nahor's name means? It means snorting and snoring. Now, 
I know that it probably in that day meant that he was a snorter, which means he was a grumper, a grumpy old man. Just snorted all the time. Or he snored through everything. But today, snorting's got a different, different meaning. And, and, and Nahor missed it because he was snorting all the time, complaining about stuff, or he was snoring and sleeping through the thing that God had for Abram and his whole family. So Abram left a brother dead, he left a father dead, and he left a brother that didn't care. I want to declare that some of you young people need to get on the right path and say, you know what, I'm not going to let people that don't love the God that I love take me down a path that I don't need to be going down. Because the path that you're on always trumps the intentions that you have in your mind. Oh, I'm going to be all right someday. I'll get past them one day. No, you need to walk away from illicit relationships and walk into a great relationship with God Almighty. Can I preach to you right now? Can I say some things from a pastor's heart? You don't need to settle. You don't need to settle. You're a dreamer. And God's got dreams for you. He really, really does. He's got dreams for you. I remember playing a basketball game years ago and as a college freshman I was playing and after the game was over and we had won the game, the guys wanted to take me out and they said, we're going to get Rex drunk today. We're going to get him drunk tonight. They had to, and so they were going to slip something in my Coke or whatever and they slipped it in my Coke and they gave it to me and I smelt it. I said, that don't smell like Coke. And I, I said, would you stop the car? And they said, what for? I said, well, I'm going to get out. And I got out in the middle of town, had no cell phone, had no way to get home. But I decided that day, I decided that day, if I was going for sand and stars, if I was going for something greater, I had to get out. I could not allow alcohol and drugs to take over my mind. I wouldn't be the man I was today, but I had to get out of that situation. And I walked home. I'm here to declare, it's time. We're dreamers. We're not settlers. Come on, go for it, go for it, go for it. Go for it. Life is full of disappointments, but disappointment is not supposed to dictate your destiny. Lord, I'm preaching today and I think I'm scaring some people to death because I'm so passionate about this. It's okay to be disappointed, but make sure you pass through it, not live in it. Don't linger there. Don't talk about it. Don't dwell on it. And then I want to talk a little bit about excuses. You know, Pastor, the reason I don't get involved in church reason I'm not involved in the youth ministry or the adult ministry or the children's ministry is that I got hurt by church one time. I got hurt. Really? You going to live there? Is that where you're going to live? Is that where you're going to snore around a little bit and complain and that's where you're going to snore the rest of your life? You're going to live there? No, pastor, it, wasn't, it really wasn't the church in my, it was God to me. I got mad at God one time because I asked God to do something in my life and and it didn't happen. Well, when did you pray? Well, I prayed at about 7 o'clock that night. But well, when did you give up on God? Well, about 8 o'clock that night. Are you going to live there? See, I choose not to live there. I choose not to live there. I lost a wife and a son in 1981. And last Tuesday, this last Tuesday, God tapped me on the shoulder. And he said, I gave you four boys and I've given you four girls. He said, we're even now, aren't we? I'm even with you, aren't I? And he said, it's a new day in your life. The number eight, go forward. And I'm preaching with a new spirit in my life right now, a new heart. Because I understand that God don't always pay on Friday, but he always pays. Come on, clap your hands and rejoice in that. He's going to take care of us. Come on, dream on. Dreamers dream. Dreamers dream. Dreamers dream. 
So what I need you to do is to think a little bigger. Brings me to my third point. I want to talk about you got to keep the vision in front of you. Everybody say keep the vision in front of you. God did that for Abram. He said to Abram, hey, leave your country. Leave your family. Leave your relationships because Genesis 12 and 2, I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. Do you realize he went to Canaan and now it's not called Canaan, it's called Israel? Do you realize Abram's descendants renamed Canaan Israel? And it's God's favorite spot geographically. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that a man took a place that was horribly, horribly sinful and turned it into a place that honored God? Can you believe that? Because God said, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. How many of you know that we walk by faith and not by sight? Come on now. This thing is a faith walk. The Lord knew that Abram was stuck in the tendency of thinking of his father and he needed a fresh vision for the future. But now I want to speak to everybody here as a whole. I want to talk to you. And I'm going to throw something kind of outside the lines on the, on, the, on the screen right now. Sometimes Nike, folks, has more vision for our future and our children than we do. I read the other day, this is funny. Nike already knows what tennis shoe they're coming out with in 2025. They know what your kids are going to like in 2025. And by 2030, they're going to have something new for your kids also. They're dreamers. They don't settle. You know, they don't, they don't still lace up the old Converse that we used to wear in high school. No, no, no. Now you've got to have Jordans, baby. Now you've got to have, no, you have Paul. Paul, what's his name, baby? You've got to have the boy in Oklahoma City. You've got to have Westbrook, baby. You've got to have them. West, man, I've got Westbrooks on. Westbrooks jump higher than Jordans. No, Jordans the man. And Nike knows that, and they understand that. I was in the mall about a year and a half, two years ago, and, and I saw this huge crowd at the Apple store. I know just about that much, just about that much. You think that I'm, I'm kind of dumb, but I, I really know a lot of things about a lot of things, but I don't care to know a lot of things about a lot of things. <laughs> technology, technology, I'll let the guys do it. I just love people, and I want to speak to people and preach to people. But I was in, I was in the mall, I was in the mall. I was in the mall and they had this line, this line that was just wrapping around. And I said, what's happening here today, buddy? I asked somebody, he said, oh, man, you hadn't heard? I said, no. (laughs) And man, the I-10 iPhone's out today. Oh, okay. Neat. And I thought, boy, I wish our church had a new invention every Sunday. (laughs) That the line would be wrapped around this church. But you know, really, when you meet Jesus and you know Jesus, you want to show up every Sunday anyhow. Because there's nobody like Jesus. Come on now, there's nobody like Jesus. And, and so, so my wife, my wife Patty, she's not here, so I'm going to talk about her a little bit today. So Patty said, baby, I want one of those I-10s. I said, oh, you do? I said, it's right out here. It's the road to Houston. <laughs> I did. I said it. I wasn't trying to be smart. I wasn't. I just thought it was cute, so I said it. And when I picked myself up off the floor, I said, baby, I'll buy you an I-10. And you know what? You know why I think she wanted it? Because I can't turn it on. I can't turn it off. When the phone rings, I can't answer it. Hello, hello. I just think it ought to fly away, you know, or go out and start the car or whatever because it is that expensive. God forbid if they come out with the 12, 14, 16, or 18, or 20. 
But I'm here to tell you something. That technology is so far ahead. And here's what I want to declare. I want to tell you something. This church must keep our vision in front of us. Let me preach a little bit. We cannot settle. We cannot settle on what God has done for us already. I'm telling you, the best days, the greatest days of CLC are still ahead of us. They're not behind us. They're still ahead of us and they're not behind us. God wants this church to prosper. Come on, I feel like preaching right now. He wants this church to be blessed. He wants this church to grow and he wants this church to honor him in everything that we do. We are, we are sand and star people. We're pioneers. This expansion has got my juices flowing. I feel adrenaline in my spirit. And we've been presented with some fabulous satellite opportunities. I know we have a beautiful church in Tulsa that runs between 80 and 100 on Sunday. That was kind of handed to us. But now I feel a dream saying that we've got to open up our hearts. We've got to open up our spirits. You know, one of the, one of the, one of the scriptures in the Bible, one of the scriptures in the Bible that just keeps blessing me is this. It says the branch of Joseph reached over the wall. I love that, that the branch of Joseph, this church has a branch that needs to leap over the wall. We are not settlers, folks. We are pioneers. We must never be a church that just settles. Listen to me. Our video ministry is getting so unique. We're working it next door at, at CLC on Overflow Sundays. In fact, a couple of Sundays ago, we had, we had people singing over there the same time they were singing in here live bands. They were not one. In fact, Randy played it for me on a Tuesday and said, Pastor, listen. So he'd switch back and forth. And I'd hear that side sing the song part of it. And he'd switch back over here to this side. And they wasn't one beat apart, one sound apart because God has blessed us. And I feel that we've got what it takes to start and launch video ministries all over this city. And CLC needs to come into the homes of people. I'm talking to you now. And I believe that God's got his hand on us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on now. Clap your hands real big. God is an awesome God. So what if an experienced, mature, older church who's been through a lot to get where we are, what if we got young at heart again? What if we got young at heart? Somebody asked me one time, I said, Pastor, how long are you going to preach? I said, well, till I get through. <laughs> I'm not looking. There's not a date on my, there's not a date. You know, I'm not a date, not a date. I'm aging, but I'm not old. And I still have a passion. Caleb said at 85, I want that mountain. I want that mountain. I'm a long, long way from 85. Willie Nelson one time looked at an old boy and said, you don't look 80, but I remember when you did. <laughs> God's got his hand on this church. Anybody believe that? Anybody receive that? What if we got a little crazy in this? Randy, if you'll help me. Like we would if our children didn't have a classroom or we didn't have seats to sit in. And we were a young church who wanted a building and a location. What if we got that same spirit? What if we got wild at heart and we said, well, we've got it, but we're going to make sure somebody else has it. We're going to put buildings there and seats there in classrooms. So I want to tell the church two words. Get ready. Get ready. We need to do our very best, do everything we can, go the extra mile, think, pray, get creative, ask God to give you an idea. And one of my slides I want to throw up before I close, the church must forget the word comfortable. 
You ask any pregnant mom if she's comfortable and she'll probably hit you (laughs) with her umbrella. But ask her if she really wants that baby and she says, absolutely. Wow. I know we're uncomfortable now, but comfortable is well well overrated. We're here to make a difference. We're here to be salt and light. We're sand and stars. We're here to dream about things that are not as though they were. We're here to have vision. We're here to believe God for Austin. What if our dreaming then inspired other churches? What if giving our giving inspired other churches? What if other churches said, you know, I remember when that CLC church had just a few people in a little A-frame building and God's brought them here and he's fixing to take them to a whole other level. What if they said, you know, if they can do that, we can do that. What if we inspired faith in this city because we wanted to do the things that God wanted us to have in our life? I believe God wants this church, I believe God wants this church to have a name in this city. I'm sorry, I'm just a dreamer. I know we already got an impact in this city, but I think this church ought to have a name in this city. That if you want healing in your body, go to that church. You want salvation, real salvation, just awesome salvation, go to that church. You'll get it. Salvation is in that church. Let me me say this in closing. Let me talk to two or three, maybe four or five, six, seven people. When God puts when God puts giving on your heart, when God puts things in your heart, I want you to say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Some of us have what I call significant amounts that we could give. I'm not talking to everybody. But I want to put a pastor's application in because I feel like myself and our team and this church family, CLC Heart and Soul, should be considered in your generosity. I really feel that. We are candidates for your best to the kingdom of God. We're we're candidates. So why don't you just, why don't you, why don't you invest here? We know exactly what to do with resources. This church has been a good steward. What you see here has been done with wing and prayer many times. I'm asking you to pray about it. So here's the fourth thing I want to send you home with. We need to keep making bold moves in the right direction. We need to do it. Everybody shout out loud, bold. Bold. Say bold. Bold. God never stirs us to small ambitions. There's always big and bold ambitions. It's walking off the mouth ambitions. When God said to Abraham, leave, Abraham gathered his family and he went and ended up in the land of promise and he ended up in the sand and stars. Okay, I love you today, but here I'm going to talk just a moment. I love you today. And you that are hearing me for the first time, please understand this is not normal. This church knows I've been here a long time. I don't talk about money hardly ever. But still, I may be criticized and I may get some letters. So the address is 4700 Westgate Boulevard, 78745. Send it in care of Brad Wilkinson, executive pastor. (laughs) But people go to ball games and buy season tickets. Teams that go three and seven. And they never fuss about it. Or they fuss about the product, but they don't ever fuss about spending the money. People go to concerts and they sit way up in the balcony and pay big bucks. I got to confess something. My wife kind of has a crush on Keith Urban. We were in a, on vacation site last summer and Keith Urban was performing right across the street from our hotel. And I wanted to send my wife. I didn't care about it. 
I didn't care about seeing Keith Urban because my wife liked him too much. I didn't want to sit there. So I was going to buy her a ticket. It cost three fifty. Three fifty to get in the door to see Keith Urban. I don't know what Keith Urban is. I don't know if he's a Christian. I don't know if he's atheist. I don't know. But I know it cost three fifty to hear him sing and flop his hair. And so I told my wife, I said, babe, I'm going to buy you a ticket. And she said, no, you're not. I saw the price. She said, I'd rather you spend $50 on me, $100 on me, and let's just be with, let me be with you. And I said, oh, I like Keith Urban. <laughs> I like him. She'd rather be with me. Here's the point. What do you think's worth your talent in the long run? You think it's spending it on things that don't care anything about you? Or do you think generosity should be given to somebody that loves your soul? And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the Lord I'm preaching about today. What do you think? What do you think you ought to be given? And so I'm not asking for amounts. We're not going to take the offering today. You're not here to get an offering, but we're going to, we're going to need to finish this process that we have here. We're going to finish. And I want everybody to come back when we dedicate. Of course, you're all going to be here next Sunday too, but come back. When we dedicate that building, it's going to be a glorious day. But when we get in that building, we're not done yet either. It's called sand and stars. We're moving forward in the kingdom of God. And I love you very much. So I want you to bow your heads just a moment. I want you to bow your heads. And I want me to, I want to pray for you. I want, I want my heart to reach your heart today. Jesus, I love you today and I thank you for your kindness, your goodness to us. Thank you because when we were sinners, you died for us. Thank you because you gave everything you had. You so loved the world, God, that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you for that. Thank you for the joy of knowing a Jesus that loves us so much. That he forgives our sins and washes away our iniquities. and That he heals our bodies and heals our minds and heals our spirits. Thank you for that. I love you, Lord. I love you. And I want to give all I've got. Because I know that I'm on my way to promise. Promise is going to be fulfilled in my life and in this church. And in the hearts and lives of these people. Bless them in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Stand to your feet and clap to the Lord for the word of the Lord you heard today. Clap real big. Come on, clap real big for the word today. For the word today. For the word today. Everybody say, Pastor. This eternity is about heaven and hell. And I want to go. I want to go with the Lord. Bow your heads one more time. Father, I bless this congregation. I bless this people on Memorial Day. I thank you, Lord, because they honored you to come today. I thank you because they gave of their time. They could have been at the lake today. They could have been on a trip today. But they got up and decided to come to the house of God. I thank you for that. And I'm honored, Lord, that they're here. Now bless us, keep us, and use this church as a ministry to this city and our community. In Jesus' name. Please be safe. 
Enjoy your hot dogs and your hamburgers tomorrow. And I'll see you Wednesday night. We're starting a new series on the Holy Spirit. I'll see you Wednesday. Next Sunday, Pastor will be speaking again. I love you. God bless. Have a super, super day.